Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Good morning. Good to see everybody this morning. Glad that you are here. Welcome to Eastern Heights. If you are a guest, as you've already heard, today is your day, right? We have the free jump start lunch to kind of give you a jump start on meeting some of the staff, some other members, and just a casual time of getting together. That's right after church today in the fellowship hall directly behind me. If you can stay, we would love to have you. We'll, we'll have plenty. Of, and most of all, we're glad that you're here as we continue our series that we started last week called Overwhelmed, Controlling the Chaos. And today we're going to be in Psalm 61. So if you want to be finding in your Bible Psalm 61 or on, on your favorite device, whatever you're you like to use while you're finding that. I told you last week that we were going to have a very special Mother's Day service next week because I'm going to be interviewing during the message time a young mom of two, a four-year-old and almost a two-year-old, has a full-time job, a full-time wife. Her life is very chaotic. And I told you we're going to entitle that time One Big Hot Mess because I'm interviewing my daughter, Amber, okay? And she struggled with stress and anxiety for much of her life to the point where panic attacks were just overwhelming her and it was kind of controlling her life and so I'm excited for her to share her story about how with a lot of hard work and with God's help that she has learned to somewhat control the chaos that's in her life at least for the most part anyhow and uh, and so if you know someone like that that is struggling in those areas I hope that you'll get on the phone even this afternoon call them up, invite them to come next Sunday. It's going to be a life-changing time, I think. Well, if you missed last week, I'm going to try to catch you up real quick a little bit because we started unpacking this feeling of being overwhelmed. You know, what does that look like? Where does it come from? Is there anything that you can really do about it? And what does God's Word say about it? How does God want us as Christians to deal with this thing that every single person, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, has to deal with because you know uh, it all starts and that's one of the things that we learned is is that we all have chaos in our life we all have this feeling from time to time of being overwhelmed and the next big thing that we learned is that the reason why is that we have this innate need inside of every single one of us to feel like that we're in control of everything that is going on in our life I mean it starts in the terrible twos right and then we just learn how to pitch adult tantrums as we get older when we feel like we're not in control because you know when we have control of our life we feel happy we feel calm and we feel satisfied but when we don't you know we get all anxious and we worry and we get all stressed out and ultimately what happens is we said we have this overwhelming fear of being out of control and we don't like that feeling all right and then we said the things that you think that you should be in control of, when all that gets blown out of the water and you're not in control of those things, that what results is chaos and this feeling of being overwhelmed to the point where you're completely defeated. And you feel like that your life is always going to be filled with stress and anxiety and nothing but fear, and that basically you're never going to get any better, and that your life is just actually going to be a total failure. That's what overwhelmed feels like. So our natural reaction when all that starts to happen is we try to gain control of everything that's going on again. We, if we could just stabilize the waters of life around us, you know, then things would get better. Whatever it is that's rocking our boat, if we could just get that back under our control system where everything that's going on just kind of lines up with our control system that we have set up in our own life, then we could even eliminate 
all the chaos. And so that's what we try to do. And we talked about last week about the ABCs of resting in God. And so I hope you've been practicing your ABCs. Matter of fact, we're finding out that whatever series we're in is what we have to live out in our home, okay? It's like, the, you know, that's our new devil every time, whatever our topic is. And so we got some news this past week. It was kind of overwhelming. And we had to sit down and go through the ABCs and start working through that. And you know what? This stuff actually works because it helped. All right, if it hadn't, if we wouldn't be here today. All right, we'd still be overwhelmed, balled up in a corner somewhere. Because we said last week, you know, God never promised us that the chaos would stop. He didn't say that. He didn't say the chaos would just simply go away, but He did promise to help us carry the burdens that this chaos in our life brings us. So I, that's where I want to pick it up from today. And as you know, I like to try to keep things. Real. So let's just go ahead and confess it out there. Life is overwhelming sometimes. It really is. It's just overwhelming at times, and chaos will always be a part of that. I mean, who's not busy these days, right? Who's not busy? But busy, we need to understand today, has a price tag. And busy is a price tag that we all have to pay the price for. And I don't know about you, but as life has gone on, I found out some things just aren't worth the price, Okay. They tried to talk me into playing softball. It is not worth the price. And then I was presented a team jersey today. Thank God it didn't have a number on it. All it says is chaplain. But now I've got to be careful what I say out on the, around the field. But anyway, th some things just aren't worth the price anymore. We were at lunch talking the other day with staff. We were all together eating lunch. And we were talking about how we all love crab legs, or most of us anyway. And we were talking about, is there a place around where you could get all the crab legs you could eat, you know, for a certain price? I said, yeah, I called found out a place not too long ago. $80 a person. And I said, you know what? I like crab legs, but I don't like them that good. And so we were talking about some things just aren't worth the price. But the price we pay for being busy in life sometimes is the same way. Sometimes it jumps on us without us realizing how high the price really is. And when it does, we end up with our life out of control and in a state of being overwhelmed. And so to keep it real today, what I want us to talk about is what is the line between being busy and being overwhelmed? So if you're taking notes, that's the first thing to write down. There is a line, it's a fine line, between being busy and being overwhelmed. Because like I said, we're all busy. So where is that line? And how do you know when you cross it? And more importantly, what does God have to say about it? And, and what are some things that God tells us to do that we can identify that line and stay on the right side of it? Because you need to know when life is going to go out of control, Right? You need to figure that out so that you'll know when to kind of make some changes. And so I think there's some signs out there that your life is moving and that line is getting blurred between busy and being overwhelmed. As that other great theologian, Bill Engvall, once said, all right, he said, here's your sign. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few signs this morning. So if you're taking notes, sign one is this, that you're crossing the line between being too busy and being overwhelmed. You're afraid to slow down. You're afraid to slow down. I mean, that's one of the first things we try to do when life goes out of control is we try to regain control, right? <clears throat> so we convince ourselves that we can't afford to take any time off because life is out of control. So the default solution we go to is we try to just work more, right? Because if busy isn't getting it done, we just need to get busier, right? So that we can get more done. But the reality of the situation is we only have a certain number 
of hours in each day. And no matter what you do, you cannot create more hours to get more done. And what drives all of this is, is that this fear that we have. And what happens when we give in to this fear is we end up working more, but we're less productive when we're doing it. Have you ever noticed that? This fear that, you know, uh, is, it all depends on me. If I don't get it done, it's not going to happen. So, man, I've I got to get it done. But I'm here to remind you today, God says, you're not alone. I'm here to help. And this fear that, you know, if I don't push on through this thing and I don't make it happen, it's not going to happen. But God says, you know what? I created rest. There's a time to rest. And so that's when we talked about the ABCs of resting in Him. And if you missed that last week, I hope you'll go back to EHBC's Facebook page and watch the video or listen to it on the podcast, the ABCs of resting in God. Because there's always going to be this natural tension in our lives, this natural tension to be busy and to be productive in our life, Right? Because, you know, I'm the kind of person, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person to, to really be productive. Deadlines and pressure actually makes me be more productive, right? Many of you are that way, right? And so burning the midnight oil is sometimes a necessary thing, but it's for a season, or at least it should be just for a season, because, you know, sooner or later the midnight oil burns out, right? And so you have to be aware that seasons can become patterns. And patterns can become a default setting where we think all we can do to fix this chaos in our life is just to work, 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 and to work more. So sometimes the line between being busy and being overwhelmed is as simple as slowing down. Just slow down. Now, first cousin to this um, first sign is sign number two. And that is your activity is increasing, but your productivity is decreasing. Your activity is increasing, but your productivity is decreasing. That's one sure sign that you're crossing the line is your full, life is full of activity, but it's really not producing very much. All right? Now, I know a lot of people, they get up before the crack of dawn, and some of them before that. And they go at it all day long. I mean, they go at it all day long. And at the end of a very, very long day, what they've accomplished is as much as some people accomplish by lunchtime that day and took the rest of the day off. And so I know for some of you that like to be busy, this is going to be hard for you to hear and even harder to swallow, okay? But activity does not equal productivity. Activity does not equal productivity. You know, Shelter in Place gave us a lot of unique things to, to look at during that COVID time, right? And, and so one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, companies fear is people working from home, they wouldn't get as much done. Well, as researchers do, they did a study on this. And there were a lot of studies, but I'm just going to tell you one that came out of Stanford University because I think it's a pretty reliable source. They did a study and they found out that during that period of time that people working from home were actually up to 77% more productive than they were when they were at the workplace. And the reason why was because they wasted less time being unproductive. And maybe it was talking in the break room or chit-chatting over the cubicle or taking the breaks or whatever it was, but up to 77% were more productive at home than they were at the workplace. And what else they found out was that 30% of people actually got more work done in a less amount of time. 30% more work in less amount of time. And the reason why was because they, they figured out that once they got through with their work, that they had the rest of the day off to do what they enjoyed doing, and they didn't have the stress of having to work. And so they were getting it done a whole lot 
faster. You ever wonder why some of these delivery trucks are going the speeds that they're going and they're breaking their neck? They're not getting paid by the hour, folks, to do that. All right? When they're done, they're done. And they go home. They're getting after it. But productivity, productivity absolutely requires some activity. It just doesn't guarantee it to be the same. And I hope we understand that. And so, again, it might be hard for some of you, but you might get more accomplished if you were to go to bed earlier, sleep a little later, play with your kids, go for a walk, or maybe even watch an episode two of something halfway decent on Netflix. Okay? Because you might find out that working less instead of more will actually be better for you, at least for a season. Okay? Another sign that you may be crossing the line is when you have no idea when work starts and stops. When work starts or stops. See, for some of you, your work day is set. Okay? You arrive at a certain time at your job, and you leave your job at a certain time. That is, you go to work, and then you come home from work. Right? I want to congratulate you. You are in part of the world's smallest population of people. Okay, it's the group that used to be called this is what work looks like. Okay, because that's what it used to look like. People go to work and then they'd come home from work and it was over. That ain't the way it is anymore. With the invention of smartphones, and they're only going to get smarter, you know that, right? With the invention of smartphones, we just take our work home with us. We carry it home in our pockets. And so the line between work and personal time has basically ceased to exist. You're never off. You never have any time away from it. You never feel like you get a break from work. And for those of you uh, who have a spouse and children, to them, it always appears, at least, that you are busy, busy, busy. You're so busy, you have no time to play a game. You have no time to sit down for a minute and two, watch a cartoon with your kids. You have no time to go to the playground. And then for us guys, one of our most favorite times that we don't have any time for, and that's just to sit and talk with our wives. One of our most favorite things to do, right? <laughs> That's a joke, okay? <laughs> By the way, those of you online, there was a lot of laughter on that one, okay? It's hard to hear it online sometimes. But no, us guys, we don't like to sit around and talk. You know, we, we like to watch TV or watch some sports or something like that, but we don't like to talk, but maybe we need to do more of that too. And then as far as personal me time goes... That's what you do when you're asleep for those few hours at night. We don't have much of that anymore. So I just want to remind you that here's how you change all of that. Here's how you change it. You set boundaries. It's simple. You set boundaries. You work when you work. You play when you play. You rest when you rest. And when you aren't on the clock, you turn work off. And for many of you, that means your phone. You get home, you turn it off. You say, I can't do that. Well, that's why you're so overwhelmed. That's why your life's so chaotic. Set some boundaries. All right, there's another sign. Sign number four. You underreact or overreact to almost everything. You underreact or overreact to almost everything. It's a sure sign you've moved beyond being busy to being overwhelmed when your reaction to things aren't normal, right? In other words, you're either numb to everything that's going on or you totally blow up at everything that's going on. All right? Your give a flip switch, see how I Christianize that? If I say it too many times, it might come out wrong. So your give a flip switch is broken. All right? It either doesn't, the light doesn't come on at all, or when it comes on, it's like this strobe light that's doing like that in your life. 
You know, you're either numb to everything or you're blowing up at everything. You know, God created us to be happy when we're supposed to be happy and to be sad when we're supposed to be sad. And so you know the line is blurring when your emotions aren't in proportion to what's really happening out there. For example, if you walk up on a snake, you are supposed to scream and say inappropriate things. I believe that's from the Lord, okay? That's just me, all right? But going off on every single thing and screaming and hollering and pitching a fit and throwing a tantrum and carrying on with the least little thing, that is not what God intended. It may be a sign that you're starting to cross the line. One final sign is this. Nothing's fun anymore. Nothing. Nothing's fun anymore. Remember when life was fun? For some of you that may have uh, already crossed the line, that may seem like a memory from a long, long time ago. Maybe you've started to even believe that it can never happen again. All right, But that's a lie. Sure, there are seasons of life that are definitely overwhelming. We said that earlier, right? Life is overwhelming. And there are those seasons. But you know what? It still, even when it's overwhelming, can be fun. And so I encourage you today to pause long enough, to sleep long enough, to maybe even pray long enough to get a new perspective on things and realize that maybe somewhere along the line, you cross the line, all right, and bring it back together. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning, but it's a very personal question, okay? So you don't say it out loud, but I just want to ask you this morning, how important are you? How important are you? I mean, your role in whatever it is that you do in life, whether you know you're a homemaker, a teacher, a manager, a business owner, an employee, a student, you know, the list could go on and on. But how important are you? How important is it that you don't get overwhelmed and that you don't cross the line for those who are depending on you? How important are you? Would you say that you were as important as a king or a queen of a nation? Just when you were thinking you were pretty important, right? Do you think you're important as a king or queen of a nation? Probably not. But that's where we find King David in our Old Testament passage today. He was a ruler of a nation. His own son, Absalom, wanted to kill him. Can you imagine one of your own children wanting to kill you? And you go, yeah, I really can. I see it most every day, okay? But his son was actually literally trying to kill him. So he was on the run for his life, literally, okay, in Psalm 61 here. We believe that this was taking place while he was on the run from his son, that he wrote Psalm 61 when a whole nation was depending on him to lead them. He found himself on the threshold of being overwhelmed with all of this chaos in his life. Let's look at it together. Psalm 61, verses 1 through 4. He says, Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. You know, I think the greatest temptation that we face when we're overwhelmed is just quitting. Just quitting. 
Throwing in the towel. You know, it's the easiest thing to do. But that's not what leads us to the abundant life that God wants us to have. And so God, I think, gives us a couple of things here in Psalm 61 from David's life that can help us from being overwhelmed. Because as Christians, remember, we are called to live differently than the world that does not know God. So let's look at what those couple things are so that we can go away victorious today over this chaos in our life, right? First thing is this, remember the Lord's position. Remember the Lord's position. You remember last week we talked about the iceberg principle and how that what you see on the surface isn't all there is to see. And so that's one of the biggest challenges when it comes to controlling the chaos in our life is we, we have the tendency to only see what is right in front of us, what's causing that chaos in our life. We, we can only see that chaos that's right in front of us. And so we think, again, if we can just work harder, if we can just work longer, we can control what we're seeing that is doing this. And so when all of that fails, all of our efforts fail on trying to control all of that stuff that's right in front of us, and the fear and the frustration or both of those things kind of set in, we completely forget that God has been waiting there all along to help us. Okay? Not only waiting, but He has such a different view and perspective on what's right in front of us than we have. Okay? So that's what David says that you need to remember today is the Lord's position. When he found himself overwhelmed by his situation, and don't miss this because I believe David is clearly saying this, this it, for just a brief moment, for just a brief moment, I think it's clear David felt like that God was a million miles away. And that he was definitely not in a position to help his situation at all. Go back to verse 1 and look at it. He said, oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. And then he says, from the ends of the earth. Folks, that's a long way. That's a long way. From the ends of the earth, I cry out to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. So here is the king of a nation. A man with all kinds of power admitting that he is no longer in control of, the, of his own chaos in his life. And he so humbled himself and turned to God. Not so much though, and don't miss this, he didn't turn to God so much out of the fact that he felt like he was nearby, that is God. It wasn't that he felt God was nearby, but it was because he trusted where he knew God to be. David trusted where he knew God to be. Look at, back at the end of verse 2. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. He knew God's position was up above, right? And so God has this perspective where he can see 360. He can see everything around you. Remember, we are focusing on what's right in front of us. God sees what's behind us. He sees our past failures. He sees our past bad decisions. He sees our past stuff that probably led us into the chaos we're in. He sees all that. It's okay. God sees what's beside of us. All the stuff that's hitting our world, rocking our boat right now, he sees all that, and God sees what is directly in front of you. But not only does God see all of that and see what's in front of you, he sees even beyond what's in front of you. I mean, God's perspective in his position is awesome, folks. God is in the position to see what is ahead in our lives and to help you control the chaos that's coming, okay? And I love David's transparency through all this. Again, he's a king, man. He is a ruler. He, he's a powerful man. But he says, you know, right now I may be a king. and I may be one of the most powerful men on earth, but I don't feel that way. I don't feel like a king. 
I don't feel very powerful. Matter of fact, what I feel is overwhelmed. He said it. Don't miss it because it's very subtle. He says, lead me. He said, lead me. Lead me. The king who has power to lead all other people, a whole nation, says, lead me. He says, I know where you are, God. I know your position. I know you're a tower of strength. I know you're my refuge. I know that you're my fortress. But God, right now, I just can't get there. I cannot get there. I know that you are the answer to my chaos. I know that you're my salvation. But you know, right now, I am powerless on my own. I'm powerless to get to where I need to be, and that is to you. So I'm crying out to you, God, come get me. Come get me and lead me to where you are. Have you ever been that overwhelmed? That you didn't even want to pray? That you didn't even believe that God knew what was going on, much less that He'd come get you? Folks, He will. He will come get you. But you have to cry out. So maybe that's where you are today. You're overwhelmed by the chaos in your life, and you're worn down by it, and you're worn out by it, and you're just exhausted from all of it. Today, I want to remind you, God is in the position. He knows that you're powerless to get there on your own. So just cry out to Him. He will come get you. He will come get you, and He'll lead you to where you need to be. But you have to trust Him. You have to trust Him. So I think there's one more thing that we can do today, and that is remember the Lord's provision. Not only know His position, He knows what's all going on, and he, He's your safe refuge. But realize that He is your provision. You know, we have a saying in our Christian community when things get all blown up and our lives are wrecked and we're overwhelmed. We say, well, I guess God's just building a testimony in my life. I guess God's just working in my life to give me the testimony He wants me to have. And we laugh about it we go on. And I think that's what's happening in this particular situation in David's life. Is This isn't the first time that he has felt overwhelmed. There was a time before when King Saul, who was king at the time, got jealous of David, thought that David might become king, which he eventually did one day, and he sought to have David killed, right? So David wrote again while he's on the run for his life. All right, that's pretty overwhelming. In Psalm 57, verse 1, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes, because it will pass. I cry out to you, God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. There's a purpose in your chaos. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. Not only he lift you up, he'll disgrace those that are after you. See, I think one of the most important things that we can do when we feel overwhelmed is just to remember back to the past times that God has rescued us before. And if God has never rescued you before, if you've never felt that before, then maybe God is building a testimony in your life where you can say, hey, there was a time when God rescued me. But I think that's what David was doing in Psalm 57 and 61. Is he was reminding himself and us today of what God had done in the past and what he will do again in the future. You know, living out on the pond these last couple of years has been an interesting adventure for Amanda and I, especially when it comes to the wildlife that we've seen out there. And of course, the eggs have hatched with the geese, and so um, they uh, have some little goslings running around, and they're, they're very, very cute. 
And so as I was reading David's accounting of this security that he felt in God, I couldn't help but think of these cute little goslings because I was mowing the yard the other day. And I was just kind of focused on what was right in front of me, you know, until all of a sudden something got my attention. And it was Mama and Daddy Goose, and they were flapping their wings and squawking and going crazy trying to get my attention so I wouldn't run over the babies with the lawnmower, which would have overwhelmed me, by the way, if that would have happened. But they got my attention, so I stopped the mower. And as quickly as those little feet could go, they were hurrying to get to the pond, get to the water, to get to safety. As soon as they all got in the water, Mom and Dad got in the water and just surrounded them with protection, and they all swam off away from the danger altogether. And that, that was less than enough in itself. But I finished mowing the yard, and later on that day, I was sitting on the deck, and I looked out there, and here they come. They were coming back slowly to their favorite spot. And they got out of the pond and got up there on the ground. They ate around a little bit. Well, just before it got dark, those little goslings, they all come waddling up toward their mama. And as they all got close to her. She raised up her wing. And all those cute little goslings, they just crawled under her wing. And she lowered her wing down to protect them. And so all the little goslings, they went night-night. Right? Under the protection of their mother's wing. You know what? I thought, I sat there and I thought, man, if I could just trust God that much myself, why can't I just know that his position is where he can see all the stuff that's going on in my life. He knows what's ahead. And then I could just trust his provision that he's going to keep me safe. And he's going to provide every single thing I need to make it through. And I don't have to be overwhelmed. But I do have to trust him enough to crawl up under that wing. And so if you've heard nothing else today, I hope that you'll go home with this. Whatever's overwhelming your life right now, I want you to go away with this. God is enough for you. God is enough for your situation. He's enough. He's all you need. He will help you control the chaos if you'll just trust in Him. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people here today that literally came into this room overwhelmed. We want to pray for you. We want to pray that God would provide everything that you need. But we also have to tell you you need to trust Him. You need to put your trust in Him right now. If you've never done that before, ever, you need to put your trust in Him the first time today. Just simply ask Him to come into your heart to save you from all that's going on. He will. And then if you do that, I want you to share that with me as you leave today. I'll be over here by the door as you're going out. I'd love for you to share that with me. But others came today, and the line's just a little bit blurry right now because we're all busy. We said that. But today, you're kind of on the brink of maybe becoming overwhelmed. I hope that today you'll take what we've said and that you'll let God's position and His provision be enough. God is enough. And just ask Him. Ask Him to be enough for whatever's going on. Father, we come to You now. We, we do ask You to enter our life. Not just when we're here at church, but 24-7. When all the chaos is going on, when our world is getting rocked, we come to You.
knowing that you love us. You provide a great big shelter for us to take refuge in. May we trust that today. And may we go away living victorious in that so that when people look at our lives, they see something different. We get the opportunity to tell them what's different. And that's that Jesus is the life-changing factor in our life and that he can be life-changing for them too. God, make us the life-changing church you've called us to be. And it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. Let's all stand together as we sing and we celebrate God's work in our life. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.